Dunedin Fringe veterans Afterburner follow up their award-winning show Dark Matter of a few years ago with a piece called Dark Radio. It promises a theatre of atmosphere experience that takes audiences back to the Cold War of the 1980s. Secrets and suspense, lies and spies, you're invited to immerse yourself between the radio waves. Well, to find out more, I'm joined by Afterburner's director and designer, Martin Roberts. Hi, Marty, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. So, what was the original inspiration behind Dark Radio? Well, it comes from several sources, actually. One is a childhood one, and that one was because where I grew up in Karori, there was a strange building behind our house full of old radio equipment, and it was actually a monitoring station for the um, New Zealand Defence One day we were invited in, my brother and I, and we observed this incredible kind of array of of weird-sounding radiophonic equipment. It was a fascinating thing. And my brother then kind of got into a shortwave radio, and so he very much kind of got me excited about it too. And so we kind of listened to the shortwave under the covers at night, kind of tuning into the weird sound on the radio. So that's one source of the inspiration. But the other one really could have, sort of came from this sort of notion of secrecy and spies and the use of sound to convey information. And I found that really quite fascinating a few years ago when I sort of started going back onto this sort of notion of Cold War and espionage and how all of that came about. So this piece kind of arose out of those sort of starting points. Now your thing, in, as far as Afterbird is concerned, is very much an immersive thing with the audience. I mean, it's, you don't present something to an audience quite often there as much a part of the show as you are. Is yeah. that a good description of what you do? It, it is, and I, it comes from this idea of theatre of atmosphere. You take the audience into a place where they experience an emotion or a feeling from what they're either watching or listening to, rather than a more what I would call dry theatrical experience where you watch a show and you get a lot of intellectual stimuli from what's been said Mm. and what's happening on stage. This is more about what's happening to you and how you're experiencing it. How different is Dark Radio from Dark Matter, which was a huge success when it came out, wasn't it? Well, Dark Matter was actually a piece that explored light. And so really about the kind of absolute limits of what we could see and experience with low light. Whereas Dark Radio is really about sound. And the sound designer on this, Stephen Stedman, has created a quadraphonic continual sound bed which which takes the audience through the whole experience. So less emphasis on light this time, more about the performance of sound and also the strange people who might be encountered when you are in this space. So the entire experience, the audience are in the space and they're not seated, they're actually able to move around and there are things to interact with, there's a telephone to pick up and listen to, there's secret codes that might be given to you, there might be other people in the audience who are plants, you just don't know, you just don't know which way it's going to go. So what do you expect of an audience? I mean, how, how much do they participate in a show like this? We have done a couple of test runs down here in Dunedin, and I would have to say 
the audiences have been quite fascinating to watch. Some will want to sort of stand back and just observe what's happening with the other members of the audience. Other audiences go on a quest. And so I guess it comes down to what kind of person you are and how much you may or may not want to get involved in the whole exercise. Uh, this is clearly putting an awful lot of pressure on your cast. Now, tell me about the cast. You got uh, There are three performers, basically, out in it, aren't there? There are three basic performers, yes. Um, we had this mysterious figure in the middle of space. Right. And he, he will represent a number of things to different people, but he does his own thing. And then there are two other operatives who come into the space at different times and who activate the audience. They will kind of sidle up next to you. They might say something to you or they might give you something or they might even just give you a glance. And at each point that they do that, the audience may choose to do something with that information or with that object or, or not. I've never heard anything quite as fringy as this is. <laughs> this is clearly not your standard, straightforward sort of Netflix kind of show, really, is it? This is very much a hands-on, anything can happen on any particular night. It, it, it's right, and so each performance will have its own particular flavour, I guess, um, and it will end up being something that people will respond to, as I say, in a very individual way. If you come with a friend or two, you may get swept up and go on a quest of your own, but um, yeah, it is something quite unique. Should people Google a bit of spy techniques and espionage and the history of eight, 80s Cold War? I'm not suggesting they, they should as a way <laughs> of um, entering into the show. Uh, we, we've had uh, some of our younger audiences here who knew sort of nothing about the Cold War and mm. came away afterwards and then went, I'm going to go and look this up. Because I think some of us, myself included, who grew up with the Cold War, it's very much a very clear memory. But for um, a whole generation of audience, the, the Cold War seemed like a kind of historical artifice. It's like World War One or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I so. I mean, I mean, how different was the Cold War to what it's like now? I mean, there was the same, you know, dealing in disinformation, except back then you got disinformation from a, a small number of professionals, whereas now you're getting it from everyone. Yeah, and I think that's another side of what I was very interested in, in exploring. When you've got the state apparatus and it's using what was then the kind of cutting-edge technology, which is kind of quaint now, it's using radios and quite analogue equipment to spy on, on each other. There's something which I recall um, all-pervasive about the atmosphere of the Soviet and US Cold War that permeated you know, the global scene. That still happens. It's not denying that that still happens, and you're right. It has now become, in a way, strangely democratised, the misinformation. It's still being generated and then filtered through various other forms, you know, social media being the, probably the biggest one. When we look back, I guess, at the 80s and the, and the devolution of the Soviet Union, we can kind of see an end point of one way that spycraft operated and the transformation into another one that came through the 90s and the early 2000s. 
Earlier on, I said, you know, that this seemed a very fringe-type show. And the whole thing about fringe shows often is it's an immersive experience rather than a didactic one. You're not being taught something. You are being asked to experience something. But aren't there sort of, at the end of having, you know, constructed this piece, Marty, did you feel that there was a a message you were trying to get across or did, did you feel that there was a conclusion that you'd like to audiences to reach? It's very much uh, about experiencing it on your own terms and you'll come away with your own thoughts about what you encounter and, and maybe you might want to know a bit more about the Cold War or you might not see any relationship to it. But it is about having the experience and whether you are having a collective one in the, in the room or whether you're having an individual one at the same time. I'm more interested in that. You're, uh, you're not the only person from uh, Dunedin at the uh, at New Zealand Fringe, are you? There's quite a bunch of you, and I always think of Dunedin as being a very fringy sort of town. I mean, in a good way, really, in a lot of ways. A lot of imaginative stuff comes out of your city. We've got quite a vibrant uh, fringe culture here, and it all comes down to a very well-organised Dunedin Fringe Festival, who are incredible in terms of pulling together a, a, a very robust and exciting festival each year. So we've got Dark Radio is one piece that we're bringing up. Entrances is another one. That's another afterburner piece. But that takes a different direction, which is more about a meditation on the Otago Peninsula to music. A number of us were planning to come up last year, but we got thwarted by COVID. Sure. So this is our chance to kind of get back and deliver you know, Gaslight Me is coming up, um, Flow, and a, a great piece which our central actor in Dark Radio wrote, Richard Huber's play Wonderful, uh, which is he wrote and directed that, and he's appearing in Dark Radio. You went to Prague, didn't you? The, uh, the quadrennial of performance design and space. I mean, Fringe seems to be popular around the world. The Prague Quadrennial, or PQ as, it, as it's called, is, it's a exhibition of world design for stage and New Zealand has had a very good representation really since the sort of late 80s early 90s and consistently turn up to kind of show what we've been doing and so yeah 2019 was the last one and it's due again this year it's such an amazing experience to see all of this amazing theatrical design on display to be part of that exhibition in 2019 was quite a privilege and quite an honour.